0: This is the Creators Our Brands podcast. I'm your host, Tom Boyd. This is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And today, I'm very excited about our guest, Doma Alton. She is a creator and podcast host on a mission to make you smarter and more informed on all things business. She's been featured in The Information, Morning Brew, Glossy. And today's show, I'm super excited because the focus is going to be on her journey of a hundred days of podcasting that you just finished up. So congrats on that.
1: Thank you so much.
0: In the process of doing these a hundred episodes, because I, I have a lot of people uh, that, uh, whether colleagues or people that listen to the show that come to me and they say, Tom, I thinking about starting a podcast. Where do I start? Like equipment? What do I call the show? What's the cover art? How long should they be? Should I get guests? What's the niche? And I'm sure you had to answer all of those questions when you started your show, but then probably discovered a lot of answers and insights around just podcasting in this 100-day sprint, and I'm excited to explore some of the topics. And one thing that you mentioned on your the 100th episode of the series was when you already have an audience, it's actually harder to start something new. It's sometimes easier to start with no audience. Can you expand on that?
1: I'm glad you brought that up because it's something I've talked about in private with a lot of friends who are creators. I also think it can apply more broadly to anybody who has become known for a certain kind of thing, but then they want to try something new. Um, it can be scary. It can be scary to have an existing audience or existing traction in a certain thing and then try something new because people might be waiting for that new thing to come out they might have high expectations but you are new to it so you need that initial time to like figure it out and kind of stumble and have some trial and error just like anyone right especially when it comes to a new format or platform I find that It's not always super intuitive. You have to go through that learning curve just like everybody else. But when you additionally have that pressure of an existing audience, it can feel a little bit like you have less leeway to stumble and make mistakes, which is part of the normal learning process. And I think that can sometimes paralyze people from getting started or they start and they're not seeing the same feedback loop or the same traction that they're used to seeing on other platforms where they're mm-hmm. established. And then they get nervous and they're like, OK, this makes me feel embarrassed. And this I'm not getting the same numbers that I'm used to. And then it becomes, you know, a little bit of an ego thing, a little bit of an insecurity thing. And then they're like, I'm going to back off or, you know, they don't really give it the the chance that it needs to flourish,
0: especially going from short form to podcast. Because you get less of the immediate signal that like yeah. a TikTok video will give you, like a podcast. You're like, is anyone listening? Like the only way I know people are listening is like they DM me, and like that's sort of the signal I'm looking for. Where it's like if I get like I get like two paragraphs. If I get like if someone sends me two paragraphs in a DM, I'm like, all right, so one person listening through enough to like wanna you know expand on a certain topic. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, what has that been like? Because I know that you built your initial audience on TikTok. Um, as you sort of moved into experimenting in podcasts, like how did it complement it? What were the main differences, the mental shifts that you had to do to to start told- really focusing on this longer format?
1: Well, luckily, pretty shortly after I started to gain an audience on TikTok, a lot of my followers were preemptively asking me for a podcast. They would say, mm. you know, do you have a podcast? I would love to listen to you on a podcast. Um, please do a podcast because I think my content on TikTok tends to be pretty um, heavy with the talking. You know, I'm kind of like talking at them. I'm kind of giving them these like business lectures, hopefully not boring ones. And and so they're used to hearing me talk and they're used to listening um, to me kind of teaching concepts or going deep into some sort of a, a company or doing a brand breakdown. And I think that kind of naturally fits the podcasting format. So I think I had that going for me. Um so it was it was both encouraging to hear that so I didn't have to adapt too much. In fact, I sometimes often felt like, "Oh, I wish I could go deeper, but the 3-minute limitation on TikTok or, you know, even if they have yeah. technically a 10-minute limitation now, it's still and short form platform.
0: people's attention spans are much yeah shorter than that no. <laughs>
1: I once tried to post a, a ten minute video. I actually edited it down to uh just under eight minutes, and I was like, this is an experiment. And you know, as one would expect, it didn't really perform. yeah, but um, but, but yeah, it, I mean, yeah, exactly and i yeah so i i think i had the advantage of people asking me to do a podcast but also that was a double-edged sword kind of like what we already talked about because i felt like okay now they're probably expecting something really good and the mistake that i made and this is what i would caution any any creator against although you know it's all part of the learning process and it's a normal human thing to do i started by posting one episode and it got a lot of great feedback but then i froze and i got paralyzed and also the format i picked was very research intensive so I kind mm. of scared myself out of doing it consistently. So I published. So I started getting. Yeah. Here's the timeline. I started it was like posting super
0: on super produced. It was like yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so the timeline is: I started posting on TikTok September of 2021. I started getting more of a following in early 2022. People started asking me pretty much around then to start doing a podcast. I waited until August of last year to publish the first episode. And then in December, so a few months ago in December of 2022, I started the 100-day challenge. And I was like, I really just need to do this. I can't keep them waiting like a year for episode number two. So I just kind of went for it. But that amount of time in between, I really think that was just me psyching myself out. So that's why I also wanted to do a 100-day challenge. But, um, But I think that you know if anybody is feeling like it needs to be perfect otherwise i can't do it especially because i have an existing audience you're going to need to rip off that band-aid because it's not going to be perfect and you just need to go for it
0: we have a shared love for this form of content uh creating a podcast and a lot of creators like big ones uh 800,000 um 150,000 in in the last couple weeks even have reached out to me and said tom like I'm burnt out from making short form content. I need to start a podcast. I need, like, I need to have this outlet that I can, I, I can go and it's like my little playground. It's my own world and I don't have to rely on the algorithm. Get on a call with them. I kind of talk through the process. A lot of it starts with like equipment. What are you recording on? Uh, what are you uploading on? And like, yeah, what's like your go to platform as far as like publishing the show?
1: Yeah, I'm happy to share my equipment and my tools and my software stack. One thing I want to say about the whole burning out on short form thing, by the way, is for anyone listening, I can relate to that so much. And it's so normal. I was creating TikTok content nonstop for a year, which is not that long. But because of the nature of short form video and just always having to appease the algorithm and trying to get things to go viral and perform, it can burn you out pretty quickly. So I actually got pretty burnt out around October of last year. So about a year after I started creating TikTok content. And that was also part of my reason for wanting to go into the podcast because I'm naturally, my friend says I'm a long form person. She says you're a long form Mm. human. So it makes sense that you (laughs) want to create long form content. And I was like, that's like so that. true. <laughs>
0: <It's> <laughs> and a I think it's important
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's important to know your style and your temperament as a person. And also, yeah, I mean, when you do get burnt out on short form, long form can be such a nice respite. As far as equipment, I um I use this blue yeti i guess that's what this is i don't know if it's a yeti nano or, or what uh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah i love that you don't you're not even sure what the heck i it don't is. even know i literally don't know so
1: here's what i did so okay well, well, there was you're, a... you're, and
0: your show sounds great
1: okay so i have my little blue see i think it's called it's, <laughs> blue it's a blue yeti. yeti
0: it's a blue yeah, Yeti. yeah okay. yeah okay Yeah,
1: i have this and then i actually also had another one but then it kind of stopped working right when i was about to do an interview with a guest i was so excited about it was very mm-hmm. embarrassing um but that one was a I want to call it a Samson Samson Samson. Q60, Q20, something like that. Basically, I did a quick search of best podcast mics. It's like, yeah, 50, 60 bucks. It's on Amazon and it gets there and like, you know, it gets to you in a second. So I just basically did a search, a Google search for best podcast mics, picked the like most popular one that was under $100 and I got that and, um, and the reason i did that is because i am exactly the kind of person who if i don't control myself i will research the best equipment for like (laughs) days on end and use it as a delay tactic so i knew that and i was like i can't let myself do that because at some point the whole like what's the perfect equipment becomes an excuse right you're just like delaying So you just have to go for it and it just has to start somewhere. So I knew that. So I kind of just like looked at three different articles and I was like, this is it. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to use this. The other thing you said, the quality of my episodes is good. The really big secret to that is I use Descript for editing. And then in Descript, there's a feature you may or may not use it. But for anybody listening who's not familiar, there's a feature called um, it's like audio studio sound or studio quality or something. It's like this fancy schmancy AI thing that just really cleans up your audio and it makes it sound so materially different. Before I apply that kind of like filter, it doesn't sound that good. So I would say that makes a really big difference.
0: Mm, Yep. Yep. I use Adobe Enhance. So I think it's like a similar thing. And that's freaked that's free too, You can. uh, they'll probably charge for it eventually.
1: Some people might be bothered by the audio quality if you start kind of scrappy, but first of all, it's better to just like get started somewhere. And second, you're gonna update as you go. And third, it's not as many people as you think because I was getting really insecure about my audio quality sometimes on my guests side um, for a few of the episodes in the beginning. So I would sometimes preface my episodes with a little um, intro that I would record by saying, I'm sorry about the audio guys. And then one of my friends when I met with him for lunch, he was like, hey, I love your podcast. By the way, you really ne- need to stop apologizing for the audio quality because you keep saying that. <laughs> and then I listen yeah. and I get distracted because I'm searching for when the audio quality is bad and it never really happens. And then you just distract me because you're saying it's so bad. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting.
0: And then how do you publish? Do you use like like uh, I used to use Anchor? It was the free one. Is there like help- what is the one that. uh Yeah. How do you upload the shows to how do you get them on the internet?
1: <laughs> so I, my stack is I use Descript to edit, and I love that you can just read through the automatically generated transcript to cut out whatever, right? So I yep. edit using that, and i learned that editing takes a really long time. I've had a lot of people offer like, here's my editor, but I kind of liked in the beginning getting used to the process myself, and I'm very picky about what gets edited how, so I should probably let that go at some point. But I use Descript for editing, Um, And then I zhuzh it up by kind of applying that filter that makes it sound more studio quality. I will record typically an intro. I haven't recorded an intro for every single one, but I would say probably like 60 or 70, no, more like 70 or 80% of the episodes. And then um, I will use uh, Anchor to publish them. So I really like Anchor because there were a few days, I'm not going to lie, and this is probably not going to happen moving forward because I'm no longer doing a 100-day challenge, but there were a few days when at the end of at the end of the day I really had like maybe something came up or some days when I was traveling because I travel a lot um I would not be able to like okay there's one there's one crazy story where I was in New York I flew back to Sacramento I had to like do this like layover and then there were all these flight delays so I kind of ended up being at various airports and like flying and just like taking almost like two days to get home. So I was super tired. And then I get to Sacramento finally at like 2 a.m. And it, it's it's super stormy. The weather's crazy. Like freeways have been closed mm-hmm. beca- and roads have been closed because like it was incredibly stormy and trees had fallen. So it was already chaotic. And then somehow I had lost my computer somewhere. I think I took it out when I was at the Sacramento airport or I don't even know where, but I lost my computer and I got home at 4 a.m. and I still had to record my episode for the day. And mind you, I haven't slept in almost like two days. I'm exhausted. I just want to go to sleep. But I get home at 4 a.m. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have even a laptop to do this. But I'm just going to use Anchor, the app Anchor, on my phone. And I'm going to record a solo episode and I'm going to get it out. And I'm going to keep my keep up my streak because, you know, I've gone too far to give up now. Yep. So I did it. And it was a very scrappy episode. But, um, but the app just saved my life and you can you know literally record an episode through anchor so that was super helpful
0: so you did you just like one take it and and just and just publish it through anchor
1: yeah i didn't edit it um because i was too tired and i i was also using mobile so that would have been hard but yeah i mean i just kind of did it i love it
0: (laughs) i love it see yeah that that's 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 what it should like be like like i i i like to think about how um because i kind of did what you did, like I started the show. I had like a song, I had an intro, I had like music, I had like whoosh, like like sound effects and stuff. And then like doing that, it was just hard to sustain. It was just like all of this this yeah. fluff. And then I think you, you know Danny Miranda, you were on his show. I remember him doing it, and like he had none of that. But his show is just awesome, and like it was like him as a host that really just runs this thing. And I'm like, yeah, like that's what it's got to be because that that's the like. That's how you're going to be able to put in reps, get better at the things that actually matter, being a just host, pro- carrying pro- a conversation, pro- telling a good story, just, You know, all, all the intangibles that you kind of like learn just from putting in, the like like showing up on a consistent basis. Exactly.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, and I also wait, think one more thing is I think people, um, because I was doing this 100 Day Challenge very publicly and sharing the whole process with people and getting them excited about it, I think they were more forgiving about my sort of like, you know, ups true. and downs. It, they're than like in on like, it. Exactly. And so I and and I was very transparent about it. I was like, guys, I've been traveling for the last two days. It's 4 a.m. right now in Sacramento. I'm really tired. This would happen. And I actually think that makes them feel more involved in a way. So there are ways to just like bring people along the journey with you. And they're going to be so much more forgiving about that initial learning curve when you do
0: so i'm curious what you think about this i was talking to someone the other day and i think so like your format of your show it's interesting because like 10 years ago someone wouldn't have done that it would it would like because it it kind of started more like feeling like traditional radio where (laughs) it had to be this like big broadcast right where it's like these big formal interviews every time this certain format like you had to stick to But, like, yours is more like – it's like an extension. What you're saying is, like, I'm traveling, and I talked right into my phone, and I published it. But then you also do these in-depth, like – business breakdowns or interviews with with big investors or whatever and I was telling him I was like I think podcasts are moving more towards that where it's almost just it's an it's it's an extension of your social media I was like I think people aren't even going to have like official cover art anymore it's just going to be like selfies like it's their like their icon on like on on Instagram or whatever how do you feel about that where it's going to be more like this sort of Emma Chamberlain style meet like meets vlogger meets formal radio.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's really interesting. I actually think you're onto something. The way I see podcasting, I'm inclined to agree when people say podcasting is still early, even though it doesn't seem like it now. Um, I think podcasting is going to bifurcate into two categories. One is it's really clear sort of what it's about. It has a very specific niche. You know what you're going to get out of it, some kind of entertainment or educational value, and it's maybe more produced. And then the other kind is you're kind of following for the creator. And that whole thing about you know don't choose a niche, be the niche, I think there's going to be that style of podcast where kind of people are listening in because they like you and they just want to be part of what's happening in your brain and in your life. And they're kind of willing to go wherever you want to take them. And so I think that that's something that I've been trying to build more towards as a creator. And I actually think that because especially, you know, on Instagram, where some of my more sort of um, maybe like loyal followers tend to follow me, I try to just share anything that I find interesting, even beyond the typical business stuff that I talk about on TikTok. And I think that's given me a little bit more leeway to be like, this is what's interesting to me right now, whether it's a personal development thing or whether it's like this very specific business thing or venture capital or whatever. And so I think because of that, that ties into your thesis, in my opinion, because there is a way to create content where you are just creating, fortifying this relationship to your listeners, to your audience, and they're willing to kind of go wherever you want to take them, whether it's a solo episode, whether it's an interview, whether it's a foray into a totally wacky new topic. So that I think is um, more like that kind of vlogger style of where some days, you know, you're giving an update of your life and then other days you're teaching something.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I think, and most channel, um, e- even if you look at YouTube, you'll have like the the channels that are like documentaries that take a couple weeks to put together. You know, you know, breaking down like a specific idea or like just some big topic, and then you'll have the people that just sit in front of their camera and talk, and just because of their personality, some perspective, like some industry they're in, you're just you're just kind of locked in. So it, it, it's yeah. it's kind of crosses over, uh, and so I was telling him. I, I was like, I, I, he was like overthinking the cover art. I was like, bro, go in your car right now, take a selfie, <laughs> and just and just make that the cover art and put your name on it. I don't know if he did yeah. it. He was like, yo, I actually like that idea. Like, so I, I I don't know if if he followed through, but it was just it was just one way of thinking because I think like like what you said, he's someone that built a following before, uh-huh. and when you build that following, you're like, oh, man, it's like uh, Jack Butcher talks about this. Um, he was like. Uh, the some of the best period is like when you're when you can experiment and you're swinging a baseball bat and there's no one in the stadium like because it, <laughs> it's not embarrassing to take 100 cuts and miss right but then the- once you build the audience they're seeing you strike out and <laughs> they're like it's harder to be seen trying
1: but the longevity of any crater these days is really going to come down to, can you adapt? Can you evolve? Can you evolve so you don't burn out and so you keep growing as a creator and as a person? And also, can you adapt to the new platforms and trends and algorithm changes that are constantly happening? So in my opinion, the most enduring, long-term successful creators are going to be the ones who are willing to kind of like, you know... Uh, do like willing to strike out in public when they're getting started with something?
0: I don't want to continue to uh, use these sports analogies because I, I even before the call I was using them. I'll tell you my background though. I I went to school for health and phys ed, okay. and my whole family are football coaches. My brothers, okay. my dad, they're all <laughs> coaches. All right, so this is the world I know. Uh, so hopefully it's not annoying for everyone. Um, I'm going along. I'm keeping but, up. But I'm gonna give one more. Ugh laying down a bunt right <laughs> so there's this thing in baseball where it when you're in a rut they say all you gotta do is get your bat on the ball because once you feel the bat on the ball it, it kind of gets you back in the rhythm right so just lay down That's a bunt it's easy to do that and that'll get you out of the slump and i like sometimes i'll do that I'm like what's the easiest most mindless video i can put out right now when i'm in that funk no. knowing that like it's not gonna like be that one that gets a million views but like i feel like that like uh that thinking of like the the like kind of helps me break through overthinking and and being too much of a perfectionist. What are yeah. your thoughts on that?
1: <laughs> I love that. And I'm learning so much about sports just from this interview.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here for it. She's like, she's like Tom, this is not the topic that you said you were going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: what, what I will also additionally say, and I completely agree with you on that. What I'll also say is I've noticed that the more you think about how you're being perceived and whether something is performing the more paralyzed you're going to get the more you think about what you can contribute and just focus on can i help one person can i help five people that takes you out of that paralysis right if your goal is contribution if it's service if it's whatever that looks like it could be yep. making somebody laugh it could be sharing something new with them it could be inspiring them with a story whatever it is, if that is your goal and you bring your focus back to that as a priority, you're going to be less paralyzed because it's easy to do that and you don't need the craziest production quality and you don't need the best equipment and you don't need the best cover art to do that at all, right? Uh,
0: you're so right. A- a- and I think that um, you do a good job too. I- I- I'm curious like wh- how, you, uh, how-, how-, how you think about it. When I watch your content or I listen to you, uh, I can feel your confidence like I, I'm I like I'm like I don't really know her backstory but like I feel You're... like she knows what she's talking about you know <laughs> and I'm curious um, is there something you do to kind of prime yourself to feel that confidence or is that just coming with the reps where you might not have felt that so much at the beginning and it maybe just it comes more naturally now
1: I really appreciate that it's so funny because I've been getting that feedback a lot, especially lately and I don't always feel that way I want people to know that. I get that feedback from people in professional contexts, and I also get it from friends and social contexts that I have and exhibit a lot of confidence, but I actually feel very self-conscious and nervous and awkward and shy a lot of the time. So let that be a that what yep. it seems like is not always uh-huh. what's happening internally. Noted. So maybe to some extent you can kind of fake it. But I also think that you know once you do get the reps in, you kind of figure out how to say the thing. And also- So in my case, I think the confidence, especially when it comes to the TikTok content or maybe the interviews, the confidence comes from a few things. One is I am just so engrossed. And when you're really captivated and engrossed and you're focused on your goal of I want to get this idea across or I want to really get some amazing insights out of this person. Then there's not a lot of room for you know all the other stuff, all the You're other noises in your about you. You're not really You're, thinking yeah. about it. You're just excited, yeah. right? You're just excited to be sharing and kind of having that back and forth or whatever. And so I think that really helps keep keep your focus. Again, it comes back to this idea of like focus on the right thing, and then you won't overthink all the other things. And then the other thing is. Mm-hmm. I really do my research, and I feel pretty confident about my understanding of whatever I talk about. Sometimes I may get little things wrong. But overall, I think I go that extra mile, and that just makes me feel a little bit more confident. So I think that's also probably important is what does it take for you? What will it take for you to feel really solid about the insights that you're sharing, right? And if you don't feel that way yet, then, like, what can you do to get there? or how can you shift your strategy a little bit? So I think you also just need to, own what you're saying and that delivery is gonna just come out more confident and it's gonna impact people. And honestly, on the internet, for better or worse, whenever you deliver anything with a lot of confidence, people believe you, so wield that power with care.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Like, when people are like, Tom, where do I get started? I'm like, honestly, like, I'm not good at faking it. Uh, I have to, like, even early on, I would have guests on my show that had bigger audience size just because they had big audience. But I, like, didn't really – I wasn't, like, that interested into, like, what, what they were bringing to the table. Which, like, I still admire them as people, but I just wasn't that curious myself, and I noticed yeah. it in the interviews. So that's yeah. that's the one thing I tell people is, like, yo, just don't do – get people on just for the flex. Like, bring people on. bring Talk about subjects that naturally light you up, and that will shine mm-hmm. through in the content.
1: Oh, that's so important. And you know what? I've had the same realization. You know, before we started recording, we were talking about what I've learned from these past 100 days, and I've done – a lot of interviews right i've done dozens of interviews and that's honestly the biggest takeaway for me right now that i'm still processing is don't just bring somebody on and you know i haven't like done that a lot but there were times when people would pitch me right their teams would pitch me honestly a lot of the biggest names on my podcast have been people who have pitched me and and i'm so excited right i'm just getting started so i'm like you want to be on my podcast of course and 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 also sometimes I've had people on that are not as well known, but we had an amazing connection, amazing conversation. People feel that. People are tuning in for that contagious enthusiasm and that excitement. And so I think the really important thing as a creator, and this applies to a podcast, this applies to TikTok. For me, this is applied consistently to every platform, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. If there's a spark of excitement in an idea or a piece of content for me, I have to do it. If there's not, doesn't matter how viral I think it'll go. Doesn't matter how shiny that person is. Doesn't matter how Mm. big of a flex. There are a lot of people I could have invited onto my podcast that I haven't because I'm like, okay, yes, they have millions of followers and I'm friends with them. But like, I don't really have questions I want to ask them. You know what I mean? So it's like, I... You know, it, it might seem like a sacrifice in the short term, but people are going to feel that authenticity and credibility and that excitement, and they're really tuning in for that. So I, I think that's such an important insight, and I'm really glad you brought that up.
0: When you bring on a guest for your show, uh, how do you think about preparing for that guest? Not, um, Maybe sometimes not, uh, some people can try to avoid over preparing and like trying to go too, uh, figure out too much about them. Like, what is your process for? Uh, like creating an outline of like what you want to cover when a guest comes on the show?
1: Yeah. So I like to prepare as much as I can Obviously, when I'm doing an episode a day, it's a lot harder to do that, but I've generally done a good job, I think, of being really efficient about my preparation. So I will read a bunch of articles, read whatever I can get my hands on about them, about their company, about whatever. I will listen to all the interviews I can find that they've done on different podcasts at like 2x speed. I will do that and I'll take notes. I'll take a bunch of notes, again, in stickies because I'm very basic yep. about my um, research setup. I'll do it all in stickies, and then anything that I find interesting, I'll bold, and then I'll start creating a list of questions again in stickies, and I will have those questions be sort of like the um, the guidelines, but I won't stick to them super closely, and actually the thing I love about doing virtual interviews and using Riverside is that sometimes I just have my sticky note up in the corner, and I'll look through it so I can make sure I'm not missing anything, Got it. So, um, and then as different ideas or different follow-up questions come up, and if they're still talking, so Sometimes I'll kind of like really quickly like jot it down. But I'm still, you know, present for the conversation. But for some of the conversations that tend to be a little bit more information driven, right, where I want to make sure, oh, people are probably going to wonder about this specific thing about their strategy. I try to do that. So that's basically the structure I follow. And then the other tip is if you can go into their social media or their Twitter or their Instagram or if you can go into any past like emails they've written. And find something really personal that is a small detail that is not a talking point that they say in every interview or that's not in every sort of like media coverage article about them. If you can find something that feels a little bit like a really esoteric detail, it makes people feel really seen. Um, and I like to kind of sprinkle those in there as much as I can, because people will be like, wow, you really did your research. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. And sometimes you notice them opening up more. And I think that's a really powerful strategy. I mean, Danny Miranda is like the king of that. Right. Oh he will gosh. pull up like from like five years ago. He'll be like in May of 2017. Yeah. You said this, And beast. I'm like, oh, my God, Danny.
0: How do we invest in him? I need to invest in him. Yeah, I know
1: that's
0: so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's an absolute beast. You also Absolutely. say that it's not about the words you say; it's about the energy you have, and I like that. Uh, someone else, another big podcaster, just said that same thing. He said, "At the beginning, I used to come with every single question, and I and I and I, for lack of a better word, he was like, now it's more just about being able to create a vibe with the guest."
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think it's also just like. If if you are feeling really connected to somebody and really excited, people are just going to feel that. You know what I mean? And so almost thinking about it as, okay, I have a chance to sit down for one hour with somebody I'm really excited to talk to. We share all these interests. What would we talk about if there were no microphones, right? If there were no cameras. And some of my best conversations, the ones where I get really great feedback from other people, where I walk away feeling great, where the interviewee says, wow, that was amazing. Those tend to be conversations where we almost forget that it's an interview, you know. So I think that is really powerful. So it really is about the vibe and the and the enthusiasm.
0: Tell me what the me, the significance of TikTok B School for women women is in your TikTok uh, bio, because I oh, yeah. like I, I I kind of. Uh, as soon as i like i saw that i was like oh i know what she's about but like, i'm curious like what made you put that there and and like uh, yeah just you're thinking on it you
1: know what's funny is it was actually one of my followers who came up with that she was oh. commenting and she was like i love your videos it just it's like it's just like tiktok b-school and i was mm. like oh i really like that and i replied i was like i'm gonna take that and run with it um, but it was uh, it was really sweet of her to suggest that idea. I think the reason I liked that is because on TikTok, sometimes a lot of people start posting things kind of randomly and then things take off and a lot of pages are not very focused, right? You don't really, you kind of know what you're going to get. Sometimes you don't. Um, and also there are a lot of business pages now, especially. Um, and so I think it helps to have some sort of differentiation where you're kind of laying it out for people. This is what you can expect. And I thought TikTok B-School was kind of like a pithy, fun, concise way to position it. Um, the four women part is the, the part of the impetus, part of the inspiration for my content from day one was I really wish I saw more business news that focused on female founded companies, female founders. I am really inspired by that. And whenever I, you know, read Bloomberg or read Fortune or read Forbes or, you know, TechCrunch, I always find myself kind of lighting up a little when it's about a female founder or a female founded yeah. company. And I thought if I'm always looking for that, then there must be other women too who wish, you know, there were more business news focusing on women. So why don't I just create that? And so that was kind of the inspiration. Um, And again, it's sort of like this thing that's a very authentic kind of um, interest of mine. Plus it's a bit of a brand positioning play. So I think it can help, especially if you're entering a fairly saturated market to find some tagline or find some way to differentiate yourself in that way. Um, And and also I really like this idea of the B-School thing is because I feel fundamentally inspired by taking business concepts or people in the world of business and kind of just breaking down their insights or kind of making the world of business more accessible for people and making it a little bit more democratized. And and that tends to be the through line of a lot of things I've done. And so that was also the inspiration behind that.
0: I'm curious if you were to do it again. So say someone's listening and they're like, yep. I want to start a podcast. Yep. I've been thinking about it. I have I have this this concept. Um, let's talk about their first 10 episodes what are three tips that you would give them uh as they're creating their first 10 episodes and like let's imagine that they have a tiktok or they have a following somewhere else right now yeah 50 to two hundred thousand, um and they're trying to go to long form what are the three things you want to you want to tell them as they're starting this show that will be helpful in getting this thing off the ground
1: it's a great question i would say number one we've touched on this already don't Worry too much about the perfect equipment, the perfect production value, the perfect thumbnail. Just get everything going. Just get some basics in place so you can move forward. So that's number one. Don't get stuck in perfectionism um, because it's not going to be perfect and you can't get it perfect. Number two is follow your curiosity. Don't do what you think you should do. Don't do what you think a new podcast host is supposed to do. Don't bring on the people you think you're supposed to bring on. Just literally ask yourself what would I feel excited about. Where is my curiosity going? What do I really want to talk about that would light me up? And literally do ten episodes of that. Um, and it's probably going to be hard to come up with more than ten ideas of things that really get you amped up because sometimes we have to get those out before excitement about new things come come comes yeah. in. And so I think don't worry too much about. Okay, well, what am I going to do after these ten episodes? Don't worry. That experience of doing the ten episodes is going to teach you all you need to know about how to move forward after that point. Don't try to plan too far ahead. I think that's that's probably the third thing is just don't don't worry about what it needs to be, how to like all this strategic stuff, right? Like don't get ahead of yourself. Just get the 10 episodes out and make sure they're episodes you're really really proud of. Not in terms of production quality, but in terms of this is really stuff that I'm excited about that I know my audience would be excited about. So after you yeah. do that, you're going to know everything else you need to know to take that next step.
0: Oh, okay. So I, I skipped over one thing earlier. You talked about video. Uh, not- where are you going to post the video? Are you just going to do Spotify or are you going to do YouTube too?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> you don't know yet. I don't yeah, know yeah. yet. I- well, probably, cool. probably YouTube and then chop it up across the short form platforms.
0: Yo, this was an awesome episode. This was great. This was a lot you're of so fun. You're this. Uh Thank you. You're, you're great at it. You're great at it. Now, I really I really get a lot of inspiration from your show. I encourage the audience to go look, listen to her show. You'll learn a lot. You'll probably learn a lot more than you'll learn on my show, but, <laughs> but so don't spend too much time over there. You can come back and listen to mine, <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, tell them where to go listen to the show and the newsletter and the TikTok and, and, and all the socials.
1: All the socials. Yeah. So yeah. the podcast is called Due Diligence. Um, If you search due diligence with Dolma, you'll find it. The Substack is dolma.substack.com. And then on all the social platforms, I am at I am Dolma, D-U-L-M-A.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show.